Your advertisement here. <laughs> oh, I got a little foggy there. Need more caffeine. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Brent. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Will. And good morning to everybody in the chat. Lots of folks chiming in with their weather report. That's always fun. Oh, Becky's saying it's sunny and we'll be 90 in Vegas. Jerks. Oof. Well, we're 100, so. Oh. Yeah, oh. we're going up to, I, I think, 13, 14 Celsius. Something what like that. that. In, in American. What's that in American? <laughs> ah, that is negative 4,000 uh, <laughs> American degrees. <laughs> uh, it's a conversion formula. You have to remember that uh, you have to divide by five ninths. It, five it, is, it, it, it is embarrassing when you talk to somebody who's not from the United States and you, you, know, you can't in your head you know, calculate the temperature to their temperature to Celsius. Mm. Well, my, my trick is I picture a thermostat and then I try to figure out how it relates to that because like 21 Celsius is around 72 Fahrenheit and, and most of our thermostats have the, the have both sort of, you know, so you kind of remember, you think of it in relationship to, uh, anyway, I do, in relationship to room temperature. <laughs> and then I kind of fudge it after that, so. Then add 32, Kurt's telling me. Yeah, thanks, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody, we have a guest today. Who do we have today, Chris? Who do we have today? Well, we have Dr. Will Talheimer joining us uh, today. And as we were talking, Will was our uh, our first guest of the year for 2020. And back then in January, things we had no suspicion that things could actually feel so ominous ahead of us. Um, for the folks who haven't met you before, Will, uh, maybe give us your, your quick bio, introduce yourself to the crowd. Oh, yeah. So uh, I've been in this uh, learning and development field for over 30 years. <laughs> uh, for the last 21, I've been running my consulting practice, work, learning, research. And basically there I tried to uh, compile uh, or translate the scientific referee journals on learning, memory and instruction and then translate that into practical recommendations for trainers, learning designers, e-learning developers chief learning officers, et cetera. And uh, I also dabble in things like uh, learning evaluation and presentation science and uh, all kind of fun stuff. Very cool. Um, and you are um, a very, uh, prominent's not the word I was gonna use, but a very, um, you share a lot of great stuff on your site. There's lots of reports and things that, that people can go, uh, you know, to get uh, access to a lot of what you do share as, as research, et cetera. That's what I think I wanted to say. I haven't had enough coffee yet this I, I, morning. That's okay. That's okay. I am working on trying to become prominent. You know, mm. I hope someday <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I can I thought do that, that happened as soon as you got the PhD done. I thought that prominence was just mandated. Well, well, it's funny you say that because I, I started a job right after that and um, they told me, listen, uh, we want you uh, teaching uh, leadership training. I said, well, I don't really know all that much about leadership. Hey, you have a PhD, you can teach it, but my PhD is not in leadership. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Welcome to the world of corporate training, ladies and gentlemen. There's, there's, uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> um, my previous career was as a it was in journalism, and we had a um, a cartoon, a one panel cartoon up on the uh, on the cork board in the in our office, um, and it had a, a journalist uh, with a blindfold on, um, and it said, "Today I am an expert in," and then there on the far side was a wall with cards with words on it, and he was throwing a dart. Uh, at things like politics and you know science biology or whatever today i'm an expert in so anyway that's great i sometimes feel that that's a very apt thing for for us in our world as well we get expected to get involved in and, and do get involved in so many things that are not in our standard wheelhouse of, or things that we know one of the perks oh, yeah. i think of the job too well, I mean, you notice probably that uh, there's like now we have a million, I think it's a million and four experts on how to go virtual. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know, well, who would have thought that in January, if somebody had predicted virtual online training is going to go 100%. Everybody is going to be on it. Everybody would have laughed them out of the room. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's sort of the dream of some, some people have always had this as a, the annual, we were talking about annual predictions, right? How every year seems to be the year of mobile. Every year seems to be the year of video uh, coming up, but uh, yeah, interesting how context can suddenly force us to, to, uh, to jump into new things for sure if you, if you weren't already doing that kind of thing so so remind me guys we were we were predicting the future back in january and is that what we were doing oh my god i see yeah, you shaking your head. everybody yeah. does right well yeah uh but now do you promise that you won't like play them back to back you know this one yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm reported back in don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, your your most prominent prediction was that uh, most of us uh, would actually be able to convert our tinfoil hats into uh, mobile receptor devices so we could take training everywhere. Oh, I think I did say that, yeah. yeah I also probably. mentioned something about, there's, I, did I say anything about a hoax? It was a big hoax. It was all going to be a hoax. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think you covered that. We, we, we'd have a cure for bad training and... Uh, <laughs> There's going to be a cure for bad training by Easter. I'm pretty sure I said that. Yeah, a vaccination against it, we so we'd be immune. A, I'm certain we set April 1st as the date. It's what I had on my calendar. <laughs> Very cool. But who knows? Uh, but we are we are officially then talking today about the structural state of the L and D field. Um, may a chance to talk about some of the things that that you've been observing, Will, as as changes, things that people have to be doing differently, good things that uh, maybe people should be thinking about. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, if, whenever anybody asks me to predict the future, I, I try to start out by saying that nobody's good at predicting the future, uh, not Nostradamus, not the futurist you hear out there. So uh, I am not going to claim <laughs> that I know where things are headed. Mm. Uh, but, I, you know, I mean, obviously all of us have seen this massive move to virtual training. Um, you know, and unfortunately, we're not ready for it. Uh, e even with all the webinars out there that you can go upskill yourself. Uh, I, I, I tell you a funny story. So my daughter's 17 and she's beginning to think about colleges and that kind of thing. And the local, uh, well, it's a prominent university in the Massachusetts area. And uh, they were, you know, invited students 
high school students and their parents to come join them in this webinar for 90 minutes. They were going to tell you all about how to think about getting into college, but also to <laughs> mention how great their university was. So it starts out and there's a little MC and then the president of the university is speaking and he is reading a teleprompted script in the most monotone, uh, un, unappealing, you know, no emotion, no uh, bonding with the audience kind of way. And, and it got worse from there. It was just, <laughs> you know, how can you do this? Uh, and then other people, you know, you're on online meetings and they're not looking at the camera, they're looking over here. And then, the, you know, you know, I mean, there's crazy can stuff. You just, can, can you guys I know you can't go to the dentist these days either, Chet. Uh, so we can we can help you there. <laughs> Vir virtual dentistry. So. Um, yeah, it's funny how some people are. You know, I mean the the, the monotony, the, the the that fear of of risk, right? Trying to control actually ends up you know backfiring by having everything perfectly scripted. It 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 actually loses the audience uh, in that way. I, I thought it was, I actually reached out to the, this university mm. and said, Hey, you know, here's some ideas for you. Um, Cause it was a PR disaster for them. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a, my, my daughter, even, uh, you know, un, unscripted by us or unprompted by us, she went down and said, that guy was reading a script. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you're trying to relate to people and be persuasive, you, you need to do better than that. So. Uh, so that's, you know, obviously one thing um, going on and we do need to do that. I think uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, everybody's defaulting to sort of these synchronous sessions, but I think we're going to learn that that's not great. I mean, it's okay. Uh, and we can do those a lot better. Uh, clients are coming to me and say, Hey, Will, how do we teach online? And I, Got great stuff for them, um, but uh, I think asynchronous is going to be an opportunity as well. It's a little bit harder; people aren't used to it. You know, if you take a speaker, or a presenter, or a trainer who's done it in the classroom to go online, you know, it's it's a fairly, you know, comfortable transition. Not super comfortable, but you know, but much easier than like to go into an asynchronous thing where you have uh, you know activities and discussions and things. And, you're weaving that together and you're creating videos and things. So I think asynchronous is going to be something we, we go towards as well. Is this something that's gonna, from a, I mean, obviously we can't, like you said, we can't predict the future, but if it changes at all going forward, like it, obviously there was a massive change when all of a sudden everybody had to stay home and everybody tried to just basically, are we just putting a bandaid on it or is this sort of here to stay? I think that's sort of the magic crystal ball everybody's looking into these days from a, from an industry wide perspective. Do you think this really, like those of us that are really positive about it are like, everything has changed and this is going to be great. But I have this other voice in my head that says, it feels like a lot of companies when this thing is over or kind of getting close to wrapping up, whatever happens, they're going to say, yeah, let's, we want to go back to business as usual and bring everybody back into the office and try to go back to normal. Yeah, well, but how long are we going to be doing this for? I mean, you know, we're mm. sheltering in place and we could shelter in place for a year or something. Uh, and I think people will learn, hey, this isn't so bad or, 
um, hey, we've learned how to do this. You know, part of part of the reason we didn't do it before was that we didn't have comfort with it. We didn't try it. So now we're trying it and we're going to mess things up, of course. So that's there could be some backlash. Um, but yep. uh, yeah, it's, you know, like I have this online workshop called Presentation Science and uh, I offer it free to any during the coronavirus to any teacher, any uh, professor uh, and like over 350 people from around the world have signed up and I'm taking that now. Um, and what I've heard from them is, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, all of a sudden people were telling me to teach online. I have no idea. So I think there's a lot of freaking out, but I think people are going to try stuff out. Uh, for some organizations, they're going to want to go back. Uh, I, I just saw that on LinkedIn, a comment. Oh yeah, this online stuff's okay, but really you've got to have face-to-face -face contact. And, you know, it's not really true. There's uh, this research review I did a few years ago showed that e-learning can be more effective than classroom training. In fact, if you just tell people to create the best classroom training and the best e-learning, e-learning tends to outperform uh, classroom training. So uh, there's no, you know, there's no slam dunk on what's better. Mm -hmm. And in that, in that data, what were some of the reasons that made that, that e-learning actually better than, than well, 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 one thing I should say, first of all, that <clears throat> both e-learning and classroom should be much better designed. Okay? Mm -hmm. But if you just, you know, if you compare them um, and I'll, I'll, another subtlety about the research, if you use the same learning method in both. So if you, if you lecture online, if you lecture in the classroom, or you have an animation online, an animation in the classroom, video in the classroom, video online, if you can, you know, completely equate those on both, they're going to be equal. Mm. But what happens is that uh, in the classroom, we tend to just present, maybe with a few discussions. But online, we know we can't just do that. So we have more interactivity, a little bit more practice, et cetera. So there's more interactivity there. So I think that's why e-learning tends to be better. But again, e-learning can be even much better than that. Mm-hmm. It can be. Well, then why don't we do much better than that? <laughs> uh, we need to go for and something we need to stretch for. What do we look well, at from an industry perspective? Sorry, I don't mean to change the subject on it, but when we're looking at this, it, one of the things that I often find with, with conversations with folks that I have is that there is a big, big difference between what we provide as an industry and when we're talking about industry trends, the, the trends seem to be very different for the very large corporations down to the smaller businesses. You know, when you're talking about dozens to maybe hundreds of employees versus thousands and tens of thousands, there's the trends that one sector might be going through is very different than the trends that others are going through. Well, tell me what you've seen. I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, some are, some are stuck in the classroom, right? And some uh, are okay with that and they want to stay there and that works. 
you know, from a, a, a small end perspective, right? They don't have the money to, to spend on really expensive e-learning. And so they're just, and they're okay with using their subject matter experts because maybe they don't have that many people that they need to teach. They can video record that person or whatever, and they they feel good about that. So they're they're not interested in doing anything else other than that. But then you have a big company that maybe has built a massive like corporate university, and they send all of their new people into this university, an eight week program or something, and then they send they've got these fancy management leadership programs that are on site in these really cool places, right? I mean, so there's like there's all of these different sort of levels and versions of of what a training professional can be and do depending upon the size of the company you're in well, well let me give you let me give you an example from my wife's uh, organization she runs a small not-for-profit that helps farmers uh, in New England and New York and uh, they teach farmers uh, things well they call it uh, technical assistance but it basically means teaching them about how to run a business you know one of the things you know new farmers get caught up on is hey you're not just a farmer you're a business person now and you need to know how to use quickbooks you need to know how to think about marketing and all this kind of stuff so traditionally they've run their workshops face to face but even before the coronavirus hit they were beginning to do it online because you think about you know farmers that are dispersed all across new england right and uh, so they couldn't always come down to the boston area uh, so they were beginning to move online as well. And, you know, that kind of training doesn't, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be expensive, right? You can use Zoom, right? You can use the free version or you can pay 15 bucks a month, which isn't that much. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> there, people can just facilitate that pretty reasonably. And, um, they get good ratings. So people like, feel there's value there. You know, they know how to, they have experts who know farming and relate to them and, you know, it's authentic and it's uh, valuable. So, you know, pretty simple, not that expensive. Um, yeah, you can have these more complicated programs and, you know, do more uh, with your e-learning than that, but that seems to work pretty well. I really think that's one of the trends in the industry I don't know if I mentioned this in January, but you know, there's now these platforms and I don't even know what they're called or what they should be called, uh, but they allow you to create courses online and then you can sell them. If you're an expert in something, you can develop these on your own. There's an e-commerce engine in there. Uh, you can create your own you know, short videos. You can have discussions. These, these systems set it up really nicely. And that's not a lot of, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, developing something in the old days in authorware or mm -hmm. you know, even storyline and that kind of thing, because it's, it's just much simpler. There's um, a lot of different models for people who haven't done this kind of stuff in terms of online stuff to, to, to bridge over. And, you know, lots of folks are turning to initially to these kinds of, um, you know, video based uh, platforms. Um, what, something that I've been thinking about in relation to that is, and it relates to your your research, though, um, in terms of like bringing in, say, that you know, the spacing effect. We kind of we're currently right now. It seems to me, anyway, there's a lot of video based stuff where with just one and done, or it's you know, yeah. um, it, it it's it's informational dumping rather than actually you know moving people through something that we might 
prefer to call, say, a, a you know, full learning experience or, or moving towards mastery of something, et cetera? Well, yeah, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we have to think about what we're trying to accomplish, right? If, uh, if I need to know how to fix my toilet, <laughs> right, I can go yeah. get a quick video. It's basically performance support. Mm -hmm. But if I need to know something deeper than that, you know, um, like leadership training or, you know, learning design or, you know, like my presentation science course, it's a 12 hour workshop to take people through what they need to know. That's, you know, that's significant investment because you need to really, uh, you know, change the way you think about some things and you can't do that on a quick thing. So the spacing effect, you know, it's a tool, what it's good for is enabling us to uh, space repetitions over time so that people will remember. And uh, if they don't need to remember, if they can just fix their toilet and be done with it, mm -hmm. then you don't need spacing. But most of the, you know, for real complex things, uh, deeper things, you do need these sort of supports for remembering and spacing is a really good uh, opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking kind of like, you know, being asked to be a, a to, to, to train people in leadership or whatever it's that's um that's that's not a youtube video lookup uh, process <laughs> well, right some people <laughs> yeah or or a 15 minute little uh little micro dump that you get mm -hmm. on your i watch every week or so to to brush up on your leadership <laughs> well you know i do wonder about you know, can we pull that off? Can we pull off sort of a, uh, what I used to call, or you know, haven't had a chance to call lately, but subscription learning. So instead of, you know, in the old days, when I was a leadership trainer, we would give people a one week workshop or a one day workshop on change management, or it would be part of a longer program, but over four months, they'd get, you know, one week of training and then they'd go back for a month and then one week of training and they go back for a month. We did things like that. But uh, what about having an online, uh, long-term conversation, uh, with, a, you know, be more like a training, but sort of part like a coaching experience and it'd be over time. And then you could build in those spacing effects. Uh, I, I, I wonder whether we can do that, whether we can keep people's attention for that long. Um, you know, that's one of the advantages of training people in a classroom they're not distracted from the outside world. They really do have their attention. So I, I wonder about whether we can pioneer something like that, that people will really, you know, if it's really important to you, if you really want to be a better manager, um, then, you know, will you engage for a six month journey like that? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd like people to try it out though. Hmm. Well, I think it's not on, I mean, this, the folks who would commit to that are, are probably, also someone who might commit to say a, a university program in that, or, or, you know, that level of you know, recognizing that they're, they're, they're already self-filtering, I, I would say, uh, right. go, recognizing that, oh, I, I need this. And it's not a short, quick fix thing that I can, that I can get into. Yeah. So I wonder what you guys think about uh, and what, you know, we've all seen about the industry, you know, when there's a bit, when there's big catastrophes, uh, you know, the stronger organizations survive and the weaker ones don't survive or they get bought out or something. And already, even before the coronavirus, we saw a lot of mergers and acquisitions. Mm -hmm. um, and I know from talking to my uh, fellow independent consultants that that world has gotten harder and harder because 
organizations are using what's called like a trusted vendor. Mm. And they usually want a bigger company. And to actually hire somebody, you need to fill out all this paperwork. And, you know, it's good to have like a dedicated person that can do that kind of crap (laughs) for us. So when people want to hire me or people like me, um, and they're in a big organization, they want to hire me, they go, well, well, you know, it's going to be really hard, you know, because we got to go through all this paperwork. Um, I can just hire Deloitte because we have a trusted Mm. thing with them and I can get them on the phone tomorrow and they can be helping me out. So, you know, there's already been sort of this structural pressure on smaller players. And so there's been some mergers in the field. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've heard this from uh, people like Kate Graham of the Fosway Group, uh, Lori uh, Niles Hoffman, um, you know, so, but I, you know, I don't, have you seen that? Have you noticed that? I, yeah, I don't know, Chris, what are you? Yeah, well, it, my own world is is fairly, let's call it, I don't know, not blinders necessarily, but uh, because we are, you know, a product creator, et cetera, that's, that's the world that, uh, that I tend to be, you know, mostly focused in. Um, we've certainly seen, um, an increase in interest, you know, more hits on the website, those sorts of things, just as people are clearly trying to figure out how to, how to do something new and, and different from that perspective. Um, I don't, uh, myself, I don't have a lot of connectivity, uh, let's say to, to that smaller, you know, consultant world directly, like, uh, like you're describing to be able to reflect on that trend. There's got to be a way that, um, and I don't want to take us too far off track, but there's got to be a way that independents can become sort of trusted advisors too. I know I've worked with some folks and I've, I've tried to get certain clients, you know, in the past, I've tried to get clients to, you know, get on as a, a retainer, right? To, to just retain. Oh, yeah. Love, that, love the retainers. You know, and that's that's really hard to do. That's really hard from a consultant perspective. But it's kind of the same thing, right? If you're the trusted training person, it's like it's like if they had a contract with Ernst and Young or whomever they're dealing with, except they have it with you as an individual, and you've committed to say, "Listen, I'll, I'll be here for you for this many hours," and you've got me locked in for them. You can use them or not use them. Yeah, well, and I, I don't, I don't want to just focus on the independent consultants. Really, I see, you know, I sort of see this as mm-hmm. uh, there's some stressors in the industry right now. So, um, you know, my brother works for a company that does classroom training, right? <laughs> and they've just, they've lost, you know, ninety percent of their business. And uh, there's a lot of companies like that that are in in a bad place uh, out there. There's also companies, and maybe, maybe you can hear what people in the in the chat say. Maybe they've had experience with this. Um, but there's also companies that are doing really well because they're positioned already. They're already doing virtual training. Um, they have experts in it, uh, true experts, not just "Hey, I'm an expert," mm. <laughs> and uh, they're doing well. Um, so I, I just, you know, this you know, we're we're talking here about structural predictions in the industry. And I think this is a big one. There's going to be big shakeups. There's the weak companies are going to either go out of business or going to hurt. Um, somebody's going to buy them. Uh, they're going to merge, you know, there, there's all kinds of stuff going to happen. And I, you know, I don't know what this means. It probably means that uh, we as individuals in the field, uh, particularly those who are 
losing jobs. We're going to have to, you know, get in the job market again. Uh, we all may need to change our skill sets to be better at online learning. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm running this conference now. Um, and uh, I'd love to talk with your people about that. But one <laughs> of the, my jobs in running this conference is um, to talk with potential speakers and recruit them. And, you know, I, you know, one person I tried to recruit and she said to me, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just not that comfortable teaching online. I'm a classroom person. I'm really great at that. I'm brilliant. I'm world-class, but I, I'm not sure you want me for your online conference. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> you better so can, be world-class you know, online, I think. Hey, you know, there are a lot of folks out there, but it, it is, it's a completely different skill set. It's a completely, well, maybe new skill set. And I think it is scary for a lot of classroom trainers to figure out how to get online and how to be as good as they are in person virtually. And we've got a lot of folks in our industry and in our community. I'm sure some of them are in the chat that, um, that have been doing this virtual thing for a long time and they're trying to help people get better at it and to make that transition right from the classroom to to being uh you know good at, at presenting virtually and 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 dealing with the technology but um yeah i mean yeah, it's, I, it's a huge transition and it's and it's not easy yeah look at the uh, vicky in the chat says i'm a traditional classroom trainer who and uh, creating e-learning modules as necessary but i've seen a huge increase working with my clients uh, to take things online Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Rachel says, I think people can take their skills and use them online, but I, there are some things, you know, you, I, I have to say when I started out as a leadership trainer, I was horrible, <laughs> you know, the CEO of my company, uh, he accidentally sent an email around saying, and he sent it to me, accidentally included me in it. And he said, uh, I don't want Tallheimer teaching too much. He's just not that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was right, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, you need to improve your skills and over time. And it takes just going out there time after time after time. And you eventually get to be a really good classroom trainer. But now imagine you have to relearn everything. So you have to go up another steep learning curve. So uh, just not that easy. It takes time. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, I noticed we have a question in the in the ask a question section, Chris, and he was um, asking about uh, asynchronous and synchronous. Do we use those terms? Or do do clients actually use those terms, or is that just something that we talk about? I, I kind of leave those words for just our circles of conversation. I've never heard a client say, <laughs> "We'd like to do some asynchronous training, please." <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think, yeah, I think our clients aren't using that. In fact, uh, in our, in the uh, L and D conference 2020 that we're standing up now, uh, we having asynchronous sessions and synchronous sessions, and we've had a hard time figuring out what word to use for asynchronous, you know, self-study sounds too much like schooling and mm -hmm. right? uh, self-paced sounds. I don't know. It's, it's, that's the best one we think we've, figured out so far and for synchronous we just call them live sessions um mm -hmm. which is a pretty good term i don't know 
any any help you can give what what's a better word than asynchronous yeah <laughs> people I, I have no idea what the answer is to that because i've struggled with that too i remember when i was at the e-learning guild we had these conversations a lot talking about what words do we use and and what makes sense to the audience and how do you you know what yeah how do, how do we even describe these things and and what are, what's the difference between the terms we use as professionals and the terms we use for our marketing and selling our services and all of that and yeah people I, are saying in the chat that self-paced is the best term they've heard too so maybe mm -hmm. that's where we're going yeah yeah maybe we just stay there it's either self-paced or live yeah yeah, yeah. And I see, yeah, see, we talk blended too. So, you know, and I've noticed that the term blended has dropped into the chat quite a bit while we've been talking. And, but I don't think any of our clients understand what blended is. They just want training. And if we put in, if we mix and match and in our minds do a blended solution for them, they don't call it blended. They just say, oh, that's the training we're buying from you. <laughs> right. It, right. Well, you know, blended was a big term like seven years ago or something. Right. And then everybody was using it. Um, but really, were your yeah. clients using it even back then when it was big? Were they asking? Yeah, you? some some were some some you know because people hear buzzwords and they go, "I want that. Uh. I want blended." Okay, what do you mean by blended? Oh well, <laughs> <clears throat> I want gamification. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. You True story. Uh, yeah, it's the year of gamification, by the way. Yeah. Uh, this this is the year of gamification. Oh, oh yeah. Well, well, uh, it, 2020 is lead, is on is in the lead on the leaderboard for gamification. But we'll oh, we'll, yeah. we'll wait to I see. Just... Uh, 2019 may make a comeback. Well, yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't know about that. I guess I don't have my badges up to date. <laughs> That's right. Micro learning. Thank you, Jill, for dropping that in there. Yes. Yep. We, we cannot forget about the micro learning uh yeah well yeah <laughs> it's a gamified micro learning blended platform right indeed all of them are well mm. i think at the end of the day i think uh i think we can all agree that no matter what term you use and no matter what you're building for your clients that design is the most important element of that and if you don't get that instructional design piece right it doesn't matter how you deliver it Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of the other things, you know, with all this stress on the industry, uh, it's going to be a big time for innovation, right? Uh, people are going to be have permission to do things that they weren't able to do before. I, I think, you know, if you're if you're working in a well, no matter where you're working, you should like, you know, not not waste this crisis. Uh, if there's things you wanted to do for a long time, you wanted to use uh, better evaluation, you wanted to use, you know, different technologies, you wanted to use, you know, spaced repetitions or more research-based things, and you had a hard time, now is the time. Take advantage of this. You're, it's your time to innovate, pilot test. We need to have more of an experimental mindset uh, in this. Uh, in my upcoming book, The CEO's Guide to Training, E-Learning, and Work, um, I talk about how we in the field should be using A-B testing. But that the, the notion is, you know, try things out, see what works. Um, we now, do need better evaluation to get better feedback, but uh, that will help in this process. But uh, it is the time for innovation. So uh, if you're not innovating, you are, you know, you're wasting this. 
wasting this crisis. Well, isn't it, isn't it, uh, there's a bit of a dichotomy in that, and we got to be wrapping this up here, but um, some companies, and there, there's been a lot of layoffs and a lot of furloughs, and it's like training people are losing their jobs and being let go, but in other companies, they're ramping it up and going, oh my gosh, we need you training, help us, you know, is, is you know, I'd be interested, I guess, in the chat to kind of see what, what, how people are feeling. My initial response when this thing all first started was, oh my gosh, this is an opportunity for training to shine. Like this is, this is our moment. This is our moment to step up and say, we can, this, we can solve this. We can help people work from home. We can help, you know, transition our skill sets into helping our workforce be scattered and work together, not only with training, but just in helping because we understand the technology more than most, right? So I was really, really, really hopeful, but then I started getting messages from people saying, well, our training department just got let go and I'm out of a job. And it just, I went from being kind of, yay, this is our time to what, what just happened? People are like, out of jobs now and gone and companies are are like crushing the training department and it just felt very strange to me well there yeah i mean that's that's happening as well when there's crises like these sometimes training gets laid off or uh i, I sent an email to somebody <laughs> and uh the response automatic response because i'm furloughed till june 1st and you know you were worried that that could probably go longer so definitely mm -hmm. we're, you know some people are being laid off and uh but those of us left we should innovate i like that term this is our time um you guys could get that on a coffee mug too maybe that's <laughs> what I'll, maybe that's what i can put on my mug there we go all you have to do is write on that white one that's the best part about a white mug you can make it say whatever you want Right. Yeah, but it's, it's good. I think, um, you know, I think we've got some opportunities and I'm wondering if in all of you guys the still there. Oh, can you hear me? I can. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm wondering if in all the panic, if anybody has stopped for a moment and thought, how am I going to measure my success? Like at the end of this, has anybody thought, okay, we're going to at, you know, six months down the road, we're going to have to look back and tell somebody how successful we were at helping the company get through this pandemic. I wonder, are, are people tracking certain things? Are there, is there data in the works that we're looking at? Did people think? Well, about we, we, we should, we should. And I can see my, my friend, Denise uh, Trakoff there in the chat talking about evaluation and how we measure that. Uh, I have not seen an uptick. Uh, I think everybody's flailing around. They need to create training and they're not thinking about evaluation. I would encourage people to uh, update your smile sheets, at least to performance focused uh, learner surveys, uh, but do more than that. You know, I wrote a book on smile sheets, but I keep saying that's not all we should be doing. It's a great opportunity uh, to use uh, LTEM, the learning transfer evaluation model, and push ourselves up to not just measuring knowledge, but measuring decision making and task competence. Um, we can be doing that, you know, using uh, scenario questions uh, that are realistic, that are relevant. We can validate those. We can use those to uh, get better feedback on how we're doing. And, you know, th this is our time. Let's, let's do these things, people. <laughs> Let's do this. A good evaluation. <laughs> Let's do this.
I'm all in. Well, excellent. Well, speaking of doing this, it's probably time for us to do our dance. And it's uh, time for us to get out of here. What a great conversation, Will. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing with us and, and helping us talk our way through this and out of it, hopefully, right? You know, I hinted several times about my, my conference I'm standing up. Uh, I we'll put the details like in. I, yeah. I should probably tell people a little bit about that. For sure. And throw and the details have, in the chat, too. you have a little time? Yep. Yeah. Throw yeah, the, yeah. yeah. So uh, on March 7th, so I, for those of you who don't know me, I do a podcast, Truth and Learning, with uh, uh, Matt Richter. Uh, we model it on uh, Brett and Chris's podcast because, you know, top of the line. Um, <laughs> but uh, on March 17th, Matt and I got together and said, you know, this coronavirus is going to make a lot of face-to-face -face conferences be canceled. There's still a need in the field for people to uh, get together and learn from the experts. And so uh, we hired a brilliant marketing person, uh, Ashley Sinclair, and uh, we cool. gathered great speakers uh, and uh, we're trying to create a new kind of conference online, but it's not just a bunch of webinars. It's uh, we're sort of taking a learning in the workflow approach. So you can come join the conference. You get asynchronous sessions with our featured speakers and you wouldn't believe the people we have. Uh, Julie Dirksen, Patty Shank, Clark Quinn, Miriam Nealon, uh, uh, Connie Malamed, uh, Kevin Yates, uh, Sardik Love, um, Myra Rolden, and a whole bunch of people. And I'm sorry if I'm forgetting their names, not forgetting their names, but I can't list them all. And so you learn some stuff and then you get to take it back to your team and you get to share it with them. And then you, you know, you, you do some, uh, you, you try it out and you take your lessons learned and you share those with others back at the conference. And if you hit some resistance, you take that back and you get feedback from your world-class speaker and, and other people in the conference. So we're really excited about this. Uh, people are interested. It's uh, learningdevelopmentconference.com. And uh, if you give me a second, I'll put that in the chat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh um, oh, it's really we're really excited about it. And it's it's uh, <laughs> uh, Brent, you used to be in this world, but man, it's it's uh, it's a lot of stuff to do to to create a conference. So uh, we're having <laughs> a lot of fun. And I can tell you, it is not an easy thing to do. And I give you all sorts of kudos, my friend, for jumping into the water and, and going virtual with it, too, because it, it doesn't make it any easier. I can tell you. Just because yeah, you're no, online, all the same work still has to be done. So, yeah, it's it's a great it's it's a it's been fun though I have to say and and the the best part for me is to go recruit speakers and talk to people and hear about what's going on in the industry and what's going on in their world and their ideas for what to talk about and just fantastic. We love it. Very cool. You know, we're kind of like a virtual conference. We're here every Wednesday, 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Just put us on your calendar, everybody, and we'll be here next week again and doing this again. Thanks a lot, Will. Chris? Hey, thank you, guys. Really great. Always good to talk with you. Yeah, thanks, Will. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing how the, uh, how the conference went. Dance away, everybody. Have a great rest of your weeks. Everybody have a great day, great week. We'll see you next time. We'll join you next week. Yep. Bye, guys.